Hello and welcome to another edition of Speaking About Speaking with me, Jackie Goddard, and my gorgeous guest, the lovely Jules White. Welcome, Jules. Hello. How nice to see you. Yeah, long, were, long been a long time, hasn't it? It has been a long time. We were busy chatting before uh, before it went live, and then suddenly you go, "Oh my God! Quick, quick! We got to go to live." So yeah, yeah. I, I almost I almost cut us off there as well. So apologies for that. <laughs> Uh, but for those of you that don't know Jules, I'm going to uh, give you a quick intro. Uh, so this is this is Jules White, uh, international sales coach, author of Amazon bestseller, Live It, Love It, Sell It, and keynote speaker. Now, I first interviewed Jules for my Creative Conversations podcast in February 2021, which will be coming up three years uh, and we spoke then about your passion for sales and growing up in a sweet shop, which I love, and then securing investment from the Dragon's Den. So that's obviously where people now know you as the Dragon Slayer. So live it, love it, sell it, the mythology, uh, mythology, <laughs> I can't methodology. say it. Methodology <laughs> uh, helps passionate entrepreneurs and businesses get clarity on their why and learn how to sell in an authentic human way. She's an international uh, in, inspirational, so I can't speak today, sales speaker, <laughs> and talks about humanity, putting the humanity back into sales. Yeah. She's done a TEDx talk uh, to 1,600 people in real life in Europe's biggest TEDx uh, event in Brighton. So welcome, welcome, Jules. Uh, your ultimate aim, it says here, is to make everyone fall in love with sales because life skills are sales skills. Yeah. And I, I say I couldn't agree more. And I bought your book and read it cover to cover and in the hope that it would kind of really rub off and uh, I would be able to do those kind of sales pitches. I have to say I'm still not overly confident in selling, but I do see that being a speaker and speaking to your audience, whether you are in a, a space, a TEDx space or a boardroom or a networking space, when you are speaking about your business, you are selling. Would you say that's true? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's really interesting what you say, you know, I bought your book and we've interacted and you understand what I talk about and my methodology. And I think there's this whole myth that any sales training can make you an amazing salesperson overnight. And of course, we all know that none of these things can happen overnight. It is actually ongoing work. But I think when I've grown up through my 34 years of selling career, um, gosh, 34 years, Jackie, um, <laughs> I, I've sort of thought about all of the training I had. And the training I had was just so prescriptive. It was so... Um, robotic. It was so complicated, actually, sometimes that when I started Live It, Love It, Sell It, what I really wanted to do was simplify it and say to people, actually, if you're all having conversations and being you, you're ultimately starting a selling process. You know, whatever you're doing, whether you're selling the idea of doing something to your child or whether it's to a friend or, or whether it's in business, that whole conversation, that authentic conversation, is the start of a selling process. And of course, there's other things to take into consideration. But the starting point is believing that you can sell, that you have something that you're passionate about, or you're doing something you're passionate about. And so actually, 
your energy and your enthusiasm is going to create a conversation. You know, we've got to do a lot of trusting with this, I think, and stop sort of thinking, oh, do I need to say this next? Should I say that next? It's more about actually what instinctively do you want to do within a conversation? You know, I think that's really the basis of it, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, and and it is, and I absolutely understand that. But so, so why then do people, including myself, get that kind of icky feeling when we, you know, I've not yet been able to pick up a phone and make a sales call, a direct yeah. sales call. Yeah. What I do is I throw all of my content out there and say, "This is me. <laughs> Here it is. This is what I do. This is how I can help you." And and then just hope that people will come and find me, which I understand yeah. is not the best way to to go. So how would you, how do you tell people to start that process? Well, I think there's a couple of things to answer. The first thing is, why do people feel this way about sales, that icky feeling? And, and most of the time, it's because they've had a very bad experience of someone trying to sell to them in that horrible, prescriptive way. We all know that that doesn't feel nice. It doesn't feel genuine. So that's part of it. Then there's this whole fear of failure. So actually, if I do try and make and start this sales pitch to sell something I know this person needs, and then they say no, we are going to experience rejection. And rejection to us as a human emotion is actually painful. Um, yeah. Interestingly, rejection's uh, connected to our brain that's got a nervous connection. So actually, we feel a physical pain when we're rejected. It's caveman times when if we were rejected from a tribe, we would have died. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a real thing, rejection. So that's why we tend to feel the way we feel about sales. In terms of how we sell... Um, I don't think it's about saying, oh, it has to be this way and it has to be that way, because ultimately, and you'll hear this a lot now, sales is about relationships. And so, yes, there is this no like and trust. However cheesy people might think that sounds, it's, again, a human reaction. It's how we connect and how we trust. So we have to start with this whole connection and building a relationship, whether that's through social media, whether that's through face-to-face -face networking, whether mm. it's through who said, you've got to go and talk to Jackie, she's amazing. And suddenly you meet a stranger, but they've been introduced. I think we also need to remember there's a lot of what we call um, in the sales trade, low-hanging fruit, who hates that phrase the most. Yeah. Um, but this is the stuff where it's the easier conversations to have. It's the people we know or the people who know the people. You know, And, and so rather than go out cold and think it's this big old stressful thing, Start thinking about actually who do you already know? Uh, who are you talking to every day? And, and create those conversations and grow it that way. I think that's that's the best advice ever, really, for us as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh, do you buzz? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've got the lovely Lo Lo Lois Cliff here, look. Oh, uh, Lois, my, Hello, my sister, gorgeous, my, my twin. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see you both. How I've done cold calls. They're quite good fun once you've done your first one. Yeah. yeah, I think, listen, uh, it's, it's everybody is so different, aren't they, in how they react to these things. A, a generalisation that we've just talked about is this kind of general feeling of the icky fear around sales. But some people who do appreciate that this is about conversation, maybe showing your isms, your UHP, as I call it, your unique human proposition, some people find it just that little bit more fun to be creative and to have mm. those conversations. And so 
somebody like Lois, knowing her the way I do, I would imagine she would have fun with it, to be honest. So it's all about a mindset and an approach, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we've got James here. Hello, James. Hi, James. Do you, yeah, do you use humour? Sometimes it humanises me, but on occasion the buyers don't take me seriously and I lose the sale because of it. How do you, you, how do you feel about using humour in sales? That's a good it's a question. great question. It's a great question. And we talk about humour a lot in the training I do and equally in storytelling. So if you take storytelling just as an individual piece of your sales process, um, if you want to try and deliver humour, you've got to be really good at it if you want to deliver like, um, you know, a, a joke, let's say. You've got to have that time. You think about Michael McIntyre and, and, you know, the likes. They are just so good at the timing and the delivery and the tone of how they deliver their jokes. What I do think we can do is deliver a humorous story that's our story. So something yes. that's happened to us and, yeah. and it had a funny slant to it. That's the best way to use humor because it's real. It's you telling yeah. a story about something that really did happen. Um, and again, you know, just appreciate not everyone's going to have the same sense of humor as you. So if you want to deliver some humor within your sales pitch or your storytelling, deliver it, go for it. If they don't laugh out loud, there's absolutely nothing lost. You just yeah. carry on, you know, yeah. you just carry on and find that common ground. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that is absolutely what I what I talk to people about when they're when they're putting presentations and talks together, which are basically yeah. promotion, aren't they? They are basically yeah. sales pitches, even if you're stood on a stage. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. Tell your own stories, because even when I'm teaching acting, it, the, the, the humor when people are improvising, the humor comes from the most realistic it does. And, you know, it those does. stories that are real, that everybody can relate to, yeah. and that resonate with people, they're the ones that, that you will find the humour in. There's, there was, there's, um, there's nothing as strange as fact sometimes. No, no, that's, that's it. There was this moment in my TEDx where I talked about, this sounds really terrible, but my, I was losing my dad. My dad was dying. And we had um, some amazing moments in the hospice, you know, which I can really talk about now with a smile on my face because he was very fun. And I was saying to the audience, you know, we, my dad was organizing his funeral with me, you know, and then I sort of turned to one side and said to the audience, he was so demanding. <laughs> and and I, I said it very naturally in my storytelling. And of course, I could hear the audience really laugh at that, you know, and, yeah. and those are the things I think that um, are really powerful using that kind of humor when it's just a very natural moment. I guess the other thing to say, Jackie, is if you're not comfortable with using humour, just don't use it. You know, you yeah. have a choice, don't you? So just don't try and do and be things that, that aren't comfortable for you. That aren't comfortable, that aren't you. You know, that's yeah. the other thing, isn't it? It's, you know, once when you're comfortable in yourself and your own stories and once you know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing, then I think that's that, that it does come e easier to, yeah. to be uh, that person making that yeah. sale you know yeah. and, I, and I think that it is knowing your audience as well you know there's no point going into uh, a certain an audience that that you don't know who's out there is it's check out who your audience are before you start sort of making those yeah. those humorous remarks just in case you know you never, know. You never yeah. know yeah very much yeah. yeah. Good questions. Good questions. Yeah. Got another one here from Nicola Ward. <laughs> oh, Nicola Ward. Oh, amazing. I've worked with this lady. She is a wonderful salesperson. <laughs> ah, well, Nicola says, when you have that relationship with a coach, economic buyer, how do you approach referrals to other colleagues, departments or contacts within their network? 
Um, I, I guess you're potentially asking, you know, how do you sort of get those? How do you ask for those, if you like? Is, is that what you mean, Nicola? I'm going to guess that's what you do mean. I think that it's about the fact that you have a relationship that's strong enough that has the trust that you're able to actually be very natural with this person. Potentially, you've already delivered a great service. So, you know, they already know you're good at what you do. I think it's just very simply saying, who else do you know? You know, who else do you know who may have needs like you've had that I can have a conversation with? It's literally just simplifying those questions again. Um, it's a bit don't ask, don't get, isn't it, I think, in life. So, you know, who do you know? Who else do you think I could have a conversation with who has a need for what I'm selling currently? You know, that that's, I think, as simple as it can be, really. Yeah. And I think that's, that. you know, that's a, a great point, Nicola, as well, is, is finding people in your network that you can have those conversations with, you know, because it yeah. it it's not cold calling then, isn't it? I think it is that rejection that you kind of fear from cold calling, like you were saying earlier, that when you when you've got, people that ref are referring you or introducing you then it's you know they're they're kind of warm aren't they I think that's yeah. the word isn't it yeah definitely yeah and the other part of it I think is that um if you're having a, a new conversation with someone who you know um is connected perhaps with you know an, a previous client you can use storytelling again so again don't be frightened of the whole storytelling so when I worked with Nicola for example you know this would be the story I could tell so this is what we did together and and actually this is how it helped her and you know she she told me this and she she came back and let me know that that was successful and this worked and whatever it might be use storytelling to tell actually real stories about previous clients so that again it's authentic and it's not this yeah. kind of pushy thing um i think it's a lot of this is about language jackie same when we're speaking isn't it it's about the yeah. language we use and how real that feels are they words that jules would all ordinarily use or does yeah. that sound like a script <laughs> No, absolutely. You hear it all and, the um, time, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the audience can tell that. You know, if you don't yes. believe what you're saying, this is one of my things that I bang on about is what if you don't believe what you're saying, your audience won't believe you either. So yeah. it has to come, it has to be authentic. And Lois says, truth will always out, says Lois. And it yeah. is about being authentic and being real. Um, yeah. Because otherwise your audience won't believe you. And then that, and that's when it then feels a little bit icky yeah exactly uh, exactly and we've got lois has got another question here she's full of them today lois, lois. How, how do you do, you do it, it Jules? <laughs> <laughs> when you know you have something people need like really need but people will buy what they want how do you reframe things so that they understand i think a lot of it is about um the questions and the conversations we have questioning is a very important part of conversation so you've really got to start thinking about the questions you want to ask to uncover the need. Because what happens is um, you're talking about somebody buying what, what they want to buy. Um, we should never doubt what they want to buy. The, the customer knows what they want to buy. What we then do is enhance that, uh, maybe broaden their thinking. But you can only do that by understanding why they think that's what they need. So the conversation and the questioning is really important. Get to the bottom of why that customer thinks that's what they need and, and, and expand on that and take as long as you need to do that. Don't rush 
the whole questioning and what we call the fact finds, if you want a, an official name for it. Don't rush that because we have to get to the bottom of how they think. They won't be thinking like we think. They'll be down a track. They'll have had advice from other people. They'll have seen a review that they liked, whatever it might be. They'll then be set in their mind that this is what they want to buy. They might be a brand advocate. You know, there's loads of different reasons why people will go down a path. But find out what that is. What are you frightened about to change and try something new? You know, is there a fear around that? What's the reason you won't try something new? You know, how can how can we look at new options for you? What is it that's going to make you look at something different? And there's lots of different ways to ask these questions in a really polite, cool way, because it's in a curious way rather than a, why don't you want what I want to sell you? Why not? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You know, it's 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 just thinking about being curious and getting to the bottom of stuff when you're you're talking yeah. with your clients, I think. That, that makes me think about um, listening, which is oh, what yeah. I quite often tell people about, you know, the, the, the speaking really is about listening, you know, because then you, you listen, you take in the information and then you can react again, yeah. you know, honestly, rather yeah. than rather than sort of listening and just waiting to get your words out exactly. to actually stop and listen and, yeah. uh, and take on board what it is that, that the customer needs. I had um, I had a great example uh, years ago when I was selling a SaaS product, so you know an online um, platform it was, and the demo that was being done was literally an hour, hour and a quarter demo of everything that you could do on that platform. So I went in um, and I chatted to the guys who were selling, and I said, "Listen, let's think about the things that we need to demo for the customer." rather than demoing everything, you know, and this is very similar scenarios. So not what we're doing is finding out what are the things they really want this to do? You know, what problem are they solving? So that then the demo is very specifically for them. And it's much nicer. It's much more relevant. They think you listen and they think you understand, which you clearly do. Then you can say, and actually it also does this, which would link into this that you needed. And so now yeah. you can start to bolt more in but it's not about selling everything at once. It's about selling yeah. the things that are relevant and that sort of tick that box and then expanding that relationship. I think yeah. one of the biggest problems in sales, honestly, Jackie, is we don't take enough time to do it. We're rushing to do it. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a big problem. And, and again, it goes back to the speaking and, the, and what I work on with clients is, is really getting to know your audience, taking the time to do some research. Exactly as you just said, is find, find out what they really want, what is going to benefit them, because that's when they feel validated. That's when they yeah. feel valued, yeah. you know, because yeah. you've taken the time to find out who they are. Yeah. And yeah. we are all buyers. So even us as the people who are talking about selling our wares and our products, we're also buyers. So yeah. it's actually very easy for us to put ourselves in the shoes of a buyer and understand what we want to happen when we're buying, you know, yeah. do it. Yeah. How many of yeah. us really sit and do that and take that time? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about you on stages because obviously the, tell us a little bit about how the TEDx, I mean, you know, TEDx these days is a bucket list for everyone, including myself. You know, I was, <laughs> the reason I reached out to you in the first place, I think was more for the TEDx talk than it was for the book, to be honest, uh, because I, you know, we all want to be on that, on that red dot because we know 
it will give our brand a boost. Yeah. Um, so how did that come about for you? And and were you a speaker before that happened? How, how did it sort of happen? Yeah, I think mine's probably a really, really different story because, um, yes, I was a speaker before that. I'd been on Dragon's Den, as you mentioned in the introduction, and that was in 2005, so it was a long time ago. But after Dragon's Den, I would get people writing to me saying, can you come talk at this conference? Can you come and tell us what happened in the den? So I had this brilliant den story that everybody was interested in and I can't even believe they still actually are interested in it today which is amazing so that was my first experience of speaking which was just the weirdest thing Jackie because I would literally just stand up and tell them what happened it didn't feel like speaking it was just saying you never guess what happened in the den this 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 and this then um, as I developed my business live it love it sell it which I started in 2017 I started to get a real interest in speaking again alongside my coaching um, because I felt like it would really benefit me as well as my audiences to start really honing in on what it is I want to say about sales, you know, because it's very, very specific, isn't it, what you want to say about things. TEDx came up because I was doing some various speaking gigs and I'd done one in Brighton and the curator of TEDx Brighton had been at that event speaking himself. So we literally met at that event, which is a really small event. We swapped numbers because his story was so like mine. We talked about our dads. And I never once thought to say to him, I really want a TEDx, can I please? I never mentioned it. And seven days before Brighton was about to happen and I'd got my ticket to go and watch, he messaged me because we'd started to stay in touch about my whole sales methodology. And he said, you've got seven days, are you in? And that was what the message said. And I read it about four times and I thought, what does he mean? <laughs> and of course I realized he meant, you've got a TEDx talk if you want it, but it's in seven days time. And what had happened is one of the speakers had uh, was, was incredibly poorly having traveled and he had a slot and he said, you're the first person I thought of having heard you speak. So I was like, oh, oh my goodness, well, what do I talk about now? You know, it's not traditionally you prepare really well for a yeah. TEDx talk. So I had seven days. I went down to Brighton. Uh, I'd also did, I was working in between. I prepped as much as I could and I literally told my Dragon's Den story about what happened after the den, ultimately. Um, it was amazing. I had 14 minutes and um, seven days and I, I thought it was just the best ever thing that I'd done ever because it was. I think it was so much just my story. It was literally just telling my story. Yeah, so. you can't forget your own story, can you? And you yeah. can't fall out. This is what I always tell people: is like you can, nobody can catch you out when you're telling your story because no. it's your story. Exactly, and I think the other thing that you, I'm sure Jackie will tell people, is nobody knows what you were going to say. So if you miss something out that you really wanted to say, nobody knows you've missed it. <laughs> they no. don't know, no. so you can really be cool with that. Yeah. And I think the upshot of that talk was I, I truly learned what it was like to connect to an audience. There were 1,600 people in the Brighton Dome that, that day, and it was incredible. They, you felt like they were cheering you on to, to be able to complete and do your talk. It was so supportive. And the messages I got afterwards just from strangers um, who said, you, you've helped me to do this, you've changed my life. Um, I got other speaking gigs on the back of it. You know, I, it was it was very very life changing as a speaker. To, to so, so it boosted. Would you say it boosted your business hugely? Yeah, hugely. Yeah. It boosted my 
coaching business, but but actually more so my speaking business because I suddenly realised that I had a lot of opportunity on a stage to be able to 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 change to change lives and change people's perspectives. You know, yeah. it's a very powerful thing to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And you were saying you were saying before we before we uh, jumped on live that you are you've had a bit of a break from speaking, but it's something you're looking forward to doing some more of. Yeah, I did a couple of gigs this year, um, but ordinarily I was probably doing one every couple of months, so it, it was quite a, a revenue stream, if you like, for the business. And um, I've probably done about three or maybe four this year in the whole year, so that's yeah. less than I would normally do, but. I've just loved it. Every time I've done it, I've loved it. And I think now when I get on stage, Jackie, I have this, I just have a very different feeling. It feels very natural. I don't get the fear I used to get. I just thrive. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's just like I'm a diff, slightly different person when I'm on stage somehow. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. Did you, do, you, do you recognize a moment that, that it changed, that it went from sort of being fear, frightened to excited? Yeah, I do, actually, because we had COVID, as everybody knows. So the only way then as speakers we could speak was in online forums. So I did several virtual conferences, which was another different way of speaking. Uh, very interesting. I think because of that, I honed my message better. I got I got really comfortable with actually what I wanted to say about sales. had slightly different talks. Um, my one sheet has now got real core key talks yeah. on it. Um and then I think there was another big gap before we could really go out and get on stage again. And I did this event in the September of 21, and it was for uh, Sightcare, who were an independent opticians um, organisation. Really, really amazing people. And that day, I just got on stage, and I, I don't know what happened, but I just felt like it, I'd, gone, I'd gone home. It was, it was a feeling of just being yeah. at home. And I felt totally elated to be back in the room with people and be able to just share, you know, my, my talk and my stories. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. So yeah. I feel like that now. I, I just feel the comfort zone side of it much more now. Which is yeah, I'm sure there's lots and lots of people out there listening going, oh, I wish I could get to that point. <laughs> And it is, you know, it is, it is kind of um, being comfortable enough in what it is that you're talking about, speaking about, you know, that kind of preparation yeah. and practice. Yeah. And then doing what frightens you. I think it was Stephen Bartlett says, do what frightens you most, you know, and then keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the more the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes, yeah. the more at ease you are with your own words, with the reaction that you're getting, the feedback that you're getting. It's just the more you do it, the 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 easier and the the better it becomes you know yeah. and I know from from being an actor that you know when you've learnt something so much and you've really prepped something you you get excited and you want to show people what you've been doing yeah. you know the you what do. you found out and share that message so yeah. I think and that I think I think also Jackie to reassure people who do want to do speaking but they have this this immense fear um go and look at my Dragon's Den pitch you could hear the breathlessness in my voice. I was so scared. Go and listen to my TEDx. At the very beginning, you can hear a quiver in my voice. You know, I notice it now. Um, and if, you know, if you saw me speak tomorrow or next week or whenever, you won't hear any of that anymore, you know. And, no. that, and that's the progress you make because you just get comfortable and you go through it. You go through that. 
don't yeah. don't you stop to, because yeah. you've got to go through it you know and the audience, the yeah and audiences are very very loving really generally I find yeah. I've not yeah. ever had an audience that made me just feel like I could never get on stage again so maybe no. I've just been lucky <laughs> no I mean I always get the apprehension beforehand and, and I think that's natural and again it's because you care because you yeah. have something to invested in that yeah. that's why you feel you know that those nerves are always going to be there you're never going to get rid of them but yeah, yeah embrace them and use them um Lois here is saying that she is uh hold on let's put this up and you can read this out here I always get used to get butterflies on September the 1st oh, this is from being a teacher two minutes into lesson one there was just, as you say, a sense of absolute home. It's a lovely thing. Yeah. yeah. And it is. it is that thing, Lois, of that apprehension that this is the time that it's all going to go horribly wrong. Yeah, it <laughs> I is. Get that. I get it that every is. time. And, and, you know, it's like anything, isn't it? Think about the audience. They're not standing on the stage. They don't want to be on the stage, but they've come to listen to you being on the stage, you know. Yeah. So just switch that mindset a bit and, and you've yeah. got something really special to tell them. Yeah, know? it's about them. It's not about yes, you. Exactly. Is it because that's that's the whole point, you know, as, as we've always said, Jackie, isn't it? It's actually our stories are about the audience as much as they are about our own experiences. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just very quickly, because we are up to our 30 minutes, mm, but I just wanted to, I mean, not, I know the, I mean, the pitch to Dragon's Den, I can imagine that must have been completely nerve wracking because you, you are invested in that because obviously that's, that's yeah. your business on the line, really. So yeah, that must have been. It was. And I had, again, I had two weeks to do that, by the way. <laughs> I seem to be the last minute girl, you know. <laughs> so two weeks, yeah, get on, do it. Seven days, yeah, get on, do it. So maybe that's where I thrive the best, you know, last minute. But yeah, yeah. no, it, it was, it was really, it really, it was really important. I was passionate about it. So um, it's, it's conviction sometimes as well, isn't it? You know? Yeah. So, absolutely yeah. so last question then before we yeah. uh we, we disappear uh what makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck a good speaker good i think is as we've just mentioned um being able to create something for the audience when they speak so that the audience takes something away and the audience feels like actually you're talking to them even though you might be telling your story that you're talking to them, you're giving them acknowledgement that this is about you too. So it's like this inclusive thing, I think. That's a good yeah. speaker. Um, bad speaker sucks. Um, terrible death by PowerPoint, I guess, is one. Um, but I think it's about, yeah, making it too self-centered. Being too much about you can also put an audience off because they don't feel involved or included. Yeah. And it feels like a brag. Uh, which is never a nice feeling. So, yeah, it's definitely about getting a balance with that connection to the audience. Like you say, know the audience and understand what it is they're going to want to take away from you being there on stage and them spending that time with you because they're yeah. investing time with you, aren't they, at the end of the day? Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here this afternoon, Jules. I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've me too. got here your, uh, this is your website. Yes. Yes. Can find you. Yes. Live it, um, love it, sell it .co uk, And there's a there's a book section on the website where they can actually find all the links to get the book. Fabulous. Because it's a, an amazing Christmas present, obviously. But it is <laughs> um it, it's on their Amazon and you can also order it direct and get a signed copy. So yeah, have a look for that because um brilliant. 
Uh, and I, I will be people be able to find you on LinkedIn. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jules White on LinkedIn. Love you to connect if you're not already. That would be amazing. Um, I haven't been massively present, but I'm coming back. So, um, yeah, I've got Brilliant. a bit more time now. So Excellent. Excellent. And if uh, if you're watching on the replay, uh, then please do put a comment in uh, below, below the video and uh, we will endeavor to get back to you. It'd be lovely to hear from yeah, you. Uh, definitely. Too. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can go to powertospeak.co.uk. Let's have a quick look if there's any other comments. Oh, <laughs> just reading a PPT at someone. LOL. Mm. Hot tips for someone about to write their newsletter, both. Thank you. Okay. Nicola, thoroughly recommended your book, Jules. Thank you so much, ladies. It's Lesson, been great. Nicola, thank you. Oh, thank you, Nicola. It's lovely to see you, Nicola. And Jackie, it's so nice to see you again. It's been too long. Let's do it again soon. Oh, yeah, it has been, Jules. We need to, we need a proper catch-up. Yeah, Next time I'm, yeah. I'm up your way, I'll come and find you. We'll have a coffee in real life. Because oh, we've never yeah, met in real life, have we? No, we must do that. Yeah, no, that would that'd be great. lovely. And you have been my 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 last power to uh, speaking about speaking of the year. So thank oh, you for that. And yeah, Merry so, Christmas. A Merry Christmas. And yes, yeah. happy holidays to everyone. And let's have a nice break and rest ready for 2024. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Talking more in 24, yeah. as my Definitely. friend Christoph oh, that. Uh, coined that phrase for me. So I'm using yeah. that now. Uh, and letting everybody know we're back i'm back on the 9th of january with some people that you may know jules i've got uh, a panel so we're doing a tedx special so i've got trisha lewis ah, who's yes. also done a, a tedx talk uh, Catherine sandland who is an event organizer up in northwich and andrew thorpe who's done several i know TEDx andrew thorpe years, yeah, uh, yeah and has also emceed a couple too so that's going to be on january the 9th so if you can join us jules come come in and, and put in some comments and join uh, in. i so i so would enjoy that those people are amazing thank you so excellent. much jackie excellent well merry christmas everybody and uh, i will see you next year bye <laughs>